Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt, and her guest. Welcome to another podcast episode of Merkaba Chakras. I'm your host, Vaughn Galt, and today we dive deeper into understanding the Mandela Effect phenomenon, otherwise known in Buddhism and Hinduism, as jumping parallel realities with author E.M. Jean Nicolay of Timeline Collapse and Universal Ascension, The System Lords and the Twelve Dimensions, and his most recent book, Wheels of Creation. So with that, Gene, welcome to Merkava Chakras. Thank you, Vaughn. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for taking the invitation. And um, I love the topics because as we were talking, all of it is metaphysical and it goes even further further into the metaphysics and I always caution all the audience members remember we no matter what you hear of what happens in any realities or timelines you have dominion over your reality and what you create for yourself to experience so when you hear one that you like if you want to match that you can if you hear another that you don't like you don't have to attract and experience that potentiality okay so very basics of buddhism and hinduism and mm-hmm. we're going to get further and further into these topics that are just mind-blowing but again what else do you expect source to do but continue to divide up reality to create more experiences that we could choose to experience so all right so before we get into the contents of your book Gene, can you tell us how you even got started in medical, metaphysical work? Well, yeah, um, but I, I guess I was always uh, um, extra sensitive and intuitive as a child. Um, it sort of ran in my family, but I was the kid who would say that, you know, Uncle Don was just here and mom would say, well, no, you know, he lives in another state. And then a half hour later, they'd call to say that he had passed away. And those types of experiences happened to me a lot. And then, you know, gradually, as any child does, you suppress them and they were submerged. And then when I was um, uh, working as an adult in a very corporate environment and very down to earth, I was in in New York. Um, I had a, a friend who said, you know, I, I, I know this person, uh, she's a Jungian psychologist, therapist, she just moved to New York, and she's starting uh, her practice here. Could you help her to do a little bit of uh, 
marketing and give her some guidance. And I said, you know, sure, no problem. And I created a couple of different things for her, including her website. Um, and then uh, she kept calling me up and saying, you know, I, I just love everything. And could you please, can I please do something for you? She said, how about I give you, you know, a couple of free sessions. And uh, I went finally, uh, kept saying no, no, no. And then finally, I had a very important meeting coming up with um, a big client and I said, you know, maybe I'll go to her and she can do a little bit of uh, hypnotism or something to give me some positive thinking for this meeting that's coming up. And I went and she sat me down. And within 30 seconds, I went into a trance. And uh, at that particular point, I said that uh, I had... I had contracted or the voice said that I had contracted to do this work and that while she was able to help people in her way, I would be able to help people in ways that I could never even imagine if I was willing and wanted to do that. And I remember various things about it, but I, I came out of it and she had, uh, she had recorded everything. And it took me a very long time after that to actually, um, realize or figure out what had happened and to be open to it. But simultaneously, I started having all kinds of um, experiences where, you know, just the floodgates opened and I was then able to see auras. And then I was talking to people and able to um, tell them, you know, what their life purpose was about and able to access records, uh, meaning the Kashik for, for them. And the same therapist then started calling me up and saying, you know, I have this very, very difficult case. Could you just, you know, I'll give you the, the first name of this person. Could you look at, um, you know, in a metaphysical sense and tell me what is the issue and what's happening and what's their life purpose? And I was able to do that. And each time it was uh, extremely, extremely accurate. Um, she talked to then her uh, colleagues who are also therapists, uh, basically all over the United States and in Europe. Mm -hmm. And then they started calling me uh, with their cases. Um, so for a period of time, I, you know, I, I, while I'm still working a very, you know, corporate existence, all night long, I'm talking to uh, therapists all over the world, tuning in to people and explaining to these therapists what would help them, what was the purpose, what was the reason why they actually were having these experiences and, and what the issues were. And that one thing led to another, um, a, a bunch of things happened. And eventually um, I, I said, you know, uh, what I'd really like to do now is maybe write some of this information that's coming through. And that's when the essence path concept and the uh, the books came about. Um, part of the the information uh, when we began that was very very important that they wanted to make sure everyone understood was that in this lifetime you have free will, but you can live your you can live on your essence path, meaning that you can live closely associated to the purpose and the reason why you came into the lifetime. And that's when the life is going to flow for you and it's going to be much easier to create your reality. 
or you can, you know, you have the choice, but you could live in your ego. And your experiences then will be vibrational in a sense where you will attract to yourself situations that are much more challenging and learn from those situations. And then it got more involved in the sense that um, everyone's life uh, mission, let's call it, that they identify prior to the lifetime, can actually be experienced in either the positive polarity or the negative polarity. And clearly, it's much easier if it's if you live it in the positive polarity as opposed to the negative polarity. But your soul doesn't care because that's all subjective. Your soul just knows that for this particular lifetime, these are the life lessons that you have chosen to learn and experience. You can learn them from the positive or you can learn them through very challenging situations. But what's going to become important to understand is that by sort of knowing thyself and becoming conscious of what your life purpose is, your life becomes less challenging and you will live and create life lessons by attracting them to you vibrationally that are far less challenging. Mm -hmm. And the key to a lot of that seems to be the various personality features that you choose to sort of serve as the parameters around which you will create your life lessons. Mm -hmm. Meaning that, um, you know, clearly you choose the parents that you are going to be born with. You choose the family members that you're going to be born with. You choose the environment that you're going to be born in. And all of this formulates a kind of parameters around you that then will temper the way in which your life lesson um, sort of is attracted to you. Mm-hmm. And if you can figure out how to be conscious of this and push it into the positive pole, that's going to be far easier. And then you're going to be closer and more aligned with your essence and on your essence path, as opposed to constantly beating your head against the wall and operating in this reality from the standpoint of your ego. So that sort of began the journey and uh, that has turned into a series of six books where um, we've kind of covered the gambit mm-hmm. of pretty much, you know, everything metaphysical. Awesome. It's everything. I covered everything metaphysical. There's nothing else after that. No, no, no. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I guess I don't mean to see everything metaphysical, but for the a most lot of the part, basics, a, a lot, lot of, the basics. of the, a lot of the information, yeah, a lot of the information mm-hmm. is, um, and it can be very, very complex, as you know, um, is is based on the reality of what's happening. And there are books that are, you know, about the emerging timeline and even predictions for the future, as well as the most recent book, which I think is, which I, I personally think is a, I love I love this book because. Mm-hmm. Many years ago, I was told in a dream that um, many people would be dying coming up and that mm-hmm. um, the concept of what happens when you die is um, basically childish and very, um, very basic. Mm-hmm. And people need um, a guide to actually what happens when you die and what the journey of your soul is all about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that that's the most recent book is really about um, sort of the process of reincarnation, 
you know, how it works, how your journey, how your soul journeys through the various dimensions and sort of where you stand in, um, in terms of, you know, incarnation uh, as a cell in the soul, in the body of your soul. Right. Well, let me ask you about something about that, because you um, you mentioned the 2020 to 2022 timeframe. Um, Did you get any kind of uh, sixth sense inkling of what was coming ahead of time? That's all you got was just a premonition that there could be a lot of um, deceased people? Well, no, that was the message that I got with regard to this is why we we will now write this book. Okay. Okay. And that that book was written. That we started writing that book in 2015. Um, actually, prior to 2015, it was published. Um, it, it, yeah. No. So we started writing it right after the last book. So it started writing mm-hmm. in 2015, and finally, because it was such a um, a long book and involved book, we published it uh, in 2021. Right. So it was a little bit. It was a little bit late just because of so much information, but the prior book timeline collapse uh, mm-hmm. and universal ascension does talk about, um, uh, you know, epidemics and, and it, you know, they, I don't think we use the term pandemic, but definitely about many of the uh, issues and many of the things that are happening. But right. interestingly enough, and I don't know if you want to get into this. Um, sure. it, it was, well, it was mostly talked about from the standpoint of, uh, the use of biological weapons and mm. World War III. And it was more from that standpoint. And then a very important aspect of that is the fact that um, your DNA is actually uh, an antenna mm-hmm. that communicates to um, your higher self and to your mm-hmm. soul. Mm-hmm. And it has been discovered that this is the fact. And so there have been various... Um, various initiatives in order to dampen and to stop your guidance from your higher self and from higher guides. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a, it's a means of, it's a means of controlling you better because clearly if you are, if you are uh, not able to communicate and not receiving through your DNA, that information, you're basically a ship tossed on the ocean and, you know, any port in the storm. So that when someone says, Oh, now you need to do this. Now you need to do that. Basically, you know, you're at their mercy. So that talked about it from that particular standpoint more than anything else. So that together with, um, some of the some of the techniques that are being used. I mean, um, the manipulation of the weather and scalar weaponry, and uh, how that scalar weaponry is being used to interfere with your DNA, but it's particularly being used to interfere with your communication to your higher self. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we uh, talked about it from that particular standpoint more than oh, there's an there's a epidemic or there's a this that's going to mm-hmm. wipe people out, right? Mm-hmm. If if you look if you look at all of human history and if you mm-hmm. if if you scale into a wider lens the whole world, <laughs> there will always be epidemics going on somewhere in the world that is devastating to some group or another. Mm. Um mm. and there's there's always ones going on um worldwide as well. But the thing I find interesting is when it comes to a lot of world events that are in terms of historical impacts like um 
Like the, the Vietnam, plague. like the Vietnam War, the Black Plague, right. you know, like the bigger, the bigger ones mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. in scale as compared to smaller um, feuds and epidemics that right. uh, didn't have as, a huge impact. A lot of intuitives pick up on that ahead of time, and mm-hmm. um, with this particular one, a lot of intuitives um, that I've come across didn't pick this one on the radar. So. Yeah. It, at all. They may have gotten some inkling, but they didn't really pick up a lot of the details. Now, I, I will say for when 9-11 happened, I had dreams about it three days before, mm-hmm. play by play, of right. what was going to happen in New York City with people mm-hmm. walking outside of mm-hmm. out of downtown Manhattan, mm-hmm. looking like zombies dusted, walking in... Um, water that was kind of flowing through the streets um it looked like a bomb shelter behind them that they were some kind of war happened behind them and a lot of fires so um and i and i saw this this black snake running around like it looked pretty damn happy of itself but anyways um so i saw that and then when i saw that on tv the same exact images i was like oh i know i mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. I, this is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and this is going to mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. But when it came to uh, the 2020 to 2022, 20, maybe next couple of years time frame, um, a lot of people didn't get exact. They may have gotten some inklings, but they didn't get exact information. And what I, when when that happens, that's a that's a so that that's a um, in my mind that is a block. It's a test. It's a test for the soul. Um, so when there's a, a big event that that most people don't have, aren't clued in on, that's a test. What do you think on uh, about that that concept? That even for intuitives, many of them completely miss this one. I, you know, the thing is, and this relates back to how we actually saw it. We saw this pandemic as a phase of the ongoing world war three. I think that there is the, in terms of the timeline, when you look at things on the timeline, it's very interesting because there are things that are identified on the timeline that are absolutely slated to happen because of the, uh, they're more than just possible. They have become probable. And there are other things that can be manipulated and that are manipulated through free will by, let's say, call them actors or players in the world stage. A very interesting part of uh, the book, um, The System Lords in the Twelve Dimensions. Uh, it talks about this phenomenon and talks about how there are spiritual entities who are who come and incarnate in physical reality. So they're actually beings who incarnate in physical reality. And the people who are incarnated who are actually being, uh, I don't want to say manipulated, but I'm saying influenced mm-hmm. by the guidance of those time lords don't necessarily know it. But they, those time lords, um, and and again, and you have to understand when I say time, when I call them time lords, system lords, it's a metaphor. 
So, you know, what, what are they? What, what are I they? Mean? Well, these are, these are high guide, high, high guides from the eighth and ninth dimension, okay. universal dimension, who actually can go further. They can continue on to the 11th and 12th, which is really mm-hmm. sort of the, the realm of God, or they choose voluntarily to go back down because higher you never go down you always go up and higher Mm -hmm. can see lower but lower can't see higher right and these guides i call them you know divine guides system lords will actually incarnate and they will influence various things at lower dimensions in order for um to accomplish geopolitical change or specific mass consciousness lessons in a world that need to be learned. And so I see something like this particular pandemic, this one in, in, in particular, I think was more, it was not a probable, absolutely meant to happen on the timeline. And I think it was something that was more kind of inserted into the timeline as part of something else, which is why it was kind of missed by a lot of psychics and intuitives. Yeah. Yeah. And th- that, that for me is really what it was about. Um, and, and then I do want to say one other thing about these system Lords. There are system Lords who are uh, incarnate in order to change spiritual thought and change spiritual philosophy in the world, like the Buddha, like uh, a Jesus figure. But there are also system lords who I call the um, the geopolitical system lords, and they actually will incarnate in various forms and various people so that they're in positions of power that will then cause various things to happen. Now, you have to remember, and this is very important, I think, when it comes to this kind of stuff, when you're talking about higher dimensional realms, there really is no good, bad, right, or wrong. We That's a subjective viewpoint that we have from the third dimension. But, you know, so in other words, I, a, a system lord might incarnate and might be a, a, a despicable, evil person in our view, but they are creating opportunities for growth, either through karma or in some way for the mass consciousness. And they are the people who are generating things that are happening that are not necessarily on the probable timeline, but that are being inserted. And I think that this pandemic was one of those, which is why I, not to belabor the point, I think it, uh, in, in, in our way of thinking or my way of thinking, World War III actually is ongoing and started way back in Syria when we were having that conflict, when they were having that conflict with ISIS a while mm-hmm. ago. And even what you see transpiring in the Ukraine or in Ukraine is a continuation of that same war, just as the pandemic is a continuation of that same war. And that war is not fought in the ways in which people historically think Um, this is going to be part and parcel of what is going to change the, the geopolitical face of the world coming up um, as per you know, some of the things that we've mentioned in timeline collapse. Right. So I have a couple of questions about that. So okay. first of all, let's talk about these system system lords. Okay. Um, why 
why don't they just go forward to the next dimension? They, th- why stay back and play with these more elementary levels? What do they, they get out of it? Well, they they get growth out of it. But um, haven't they already grown to get to the eighth or ninth no, dimension of to, consciousness? They they have, but you have to also realize that what they're doing is they're coming back in terms of sacrifice and their own, you know, they're they're giving back is more or less what it becomes. So an entity who then incarnates as a figure such as a Christed figure or a, a Buddha is doing so in a lower dimension in order to change the existing views of religion, add another dimension to it, bring it to a higher level, um, bring it, bring consciousness to a higher level. And they're basically, it, it, it becomes their job. And, and not everyone is, not all souls become system lords, but as souls progress through the hierarchy, um, some will choose to become quote system lords. And again, it's a metaphor Rather, they will become guides who actually continue incarnations at lower dimensional levels in order to assist and to influence um, reality and things that happen in order to provide opportunities for growth for the people who are the other souls who are incarnated, who are not at a higher consciousness. Okay, so so these system lords decide to basically do a bodhisattva journey where where instead of going forward you go you you go back and try to help everybody else raise consciousness but in in, that's the outcome that yeah go ahead well they they don't go back and they they incarnate so that you know they they're not necessarily just like coming back into the third dimension they are incarnating parts of themselves inside of the dimension and that the, the kind of leads to something maybe we'll talk about in a second but um in terms of reincarnation and how reincarnation works and how the journey of the soul works because the journey of the soul is basically related to the ascension of souls through the multi-dimensional universe right and, sorry go ahead no no right so um Basically, the outcome is to basically raise people's consciousness so they can go up in the frequency. It's to to create opportunities for growth, karmic or otherwise, so that people against the backdrop will have experiences where they have to make choices, where they have to do things, where they have to get involved, where their consciousness will grow through those karmic opportunities for growth. So, okay. the, so the system lords are actually creating the backdrop of reality and the backdrop of mass consciousness against which individuals who are existing in incarnations in the realm will grow. Now, as an example, a war is a horrible thing, but it also creates individual opportunities and opportunities in quotes for growth, because each person has to make choices. Things happen that are karmic. Things happen that are sometimes awful and sometimes challenging, but also there are things that are derived from that that they wouldn't necessarily go through or have if those events did not take place. So again, looking at it from the standpoint of no good, no bad, no right, no wrong, 
you're basically looking at everything being an opportunity for soul growth. Okay. So then the, this, then the next question would be, um, why would the higher dimensional system lords create discord? Uh, because it seems that humans are doing a fun, fabulous job in destroying their lives on their own. <laughs> why do they need to get involved in that? Well, you're certainly you're certainly right about that. But who's to say that they're not the ones who are actually creating the karmic opportunities for them to grow from? And you have to remember that, you know, there are 12 universal dimensions. And as a soul mm-hmm. journeys through these dimensions, they incarnate in various time periods and various forms within that particular dimension. Now, you know, we're we ourselves are currently in the third sub-level of the third universal dimension. You know, we I guess we consider ourselves to be very smart and very wise, but we're actually not. And the way mm-hmm. in which, from a soul perspective, we are able to actually grow, and particularly in the third dimension, is through karmic interface. So that balancing, learning how to balance energy, learning the, the how energy works, how life is created, how reality is created, is very much akin to why we are currently in, you know, at this particular level and in this particular dimension. And learning that sometimes requires various things to transpire in the background that force us to make decisions, force us to have uh, uh, connections with people, force us to figure out what the heck are we doing. And that's really what the purpose is about. So they're not creating bad things or difficult things. They're creating things where you can learn and take what you will from it and hopefully through that have soul growth so that you can then ascend and advance in terms of your soul. Right. I, I, I think this is where there's a difference of perspective because it's like you have two children standing on the edge of a swimming pool wanting to learn how to swim. <laughs> and you can, as a parent, I'll, I'll, in this this aspect of system lords of higher dimensions, you, as a parent, you can choose to get in the, you can get in the pool, you can guide them by, um, you know, showing them the moves and all that. Or you could take the other approach of just push them into the swimming pool and say, figure it out. <laughs> this is going to give you opportunity. So you don't, you'll figure it out. Otherwise you're going to drown. So there's your opportunity for growth. Two yeah. different ways for this to, for this to get the same kind of advancement. And I, I mean, it depends on the person, Yeah, which, which method is going to work for it. So um, not all the system Lords are doing this, are they? Well, I, I agree with you, except for you have to realize that if you take out the good, bad, the subjective thinking, either way, that child is going to learn how to swim. And I think that there are system lords that are, see, there are system lords which that are, you know, increasing the technological knowledge, that are increasing spiritual knowledge, that are changing the way in which we think spiritually and philosophically, but there are also system lords that are changing the map in terms of geopolitical thinking. And, you know, it's hard to call one good and one bad, but if you needed to look at it that way, you really might say that they are yin and yang, that they are the um, the antithesis of each other and that they are balancing each other out. 
Right. So I, I don't necessarily see, I mean, yeah, I totally agree. War is horrible. Terrible things do happen, but you know, sometimes um, maximum growth comes through some of those difficult situations. Well, it, it seems, uh, I know we're getting esoteric here, but um, like in Buddhism, they have all kinds of Buddhas. Okay. Right. Um, and right. Buddha, Buddha comes, Buddha Buddhism. or Buddhism comes yeah. from the word Buddha, which is means to be awake within the matrix it means that you uh-huh. have dominion and to create the experiences that you want and the timelines that you choose to experience right. since they're multiple. Um, and so what, what somebody experiences might be, not be somebody might not be another one that somebody else experiences. Um, hence the Mandela effect and parallel realities and that conversation that we'll go into. But it, in closing out the thing of the system lords is that not all the system lords and all the beings of higher dimensions um, will use this strategy because this strategy is not ne- can be seen as poison rather than medicine. You know, so um, it, it, and if the, if if someone were to, okay, these kids don't learn anything. I'm going to push them into the swimming pool. So they're going to drown. They're going to swim. And if they don't make it, they'll learn a lesson too. And on the soul level. So for the balance, there will be somebody else on the side, more likely throwing in a life, life raft or a life ring. Yeah. Just to throw some balance so that it's not so far into the negative. So there's always that teeter-totter, that yin-yang that's always that's, happening. That's what I think. That yin-yang, though, I think is important in terms of growth. Because if everything was just happy and joyful, I don't think that there would be the growth that you need to have. And you have to remember also that the third dimension is very karmic-based. It's all about energetic balancing. It's all about mm-hmm. spin. It's all about negative and positive in terms of polarity. Now, there are higher dimensions that have various polarities. There's some that have three and four and five polarities. But this particular dimension that we're in has you know, basically two polarities that create spin and it, it, you can see it as negative and positive. I prefer to see it as yin and yang. So I don't see them as one bad and one good. I I truly see all of it as creating sort of the, um, the condition of the world and the mass consciousness effect that you use to make your decisions and to grow. Right. I understand the philosophy. Sure. Um, it's a, I would call, call it push-pull. <laughs> right. So yeah. if there's too much right. push, I may yeah. do a yank-pull when it yeah. seems like the kid is needing some help. Well, you know, I mean, I think I think we'd all agree with you definitely on that. And 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 I don't but I don't think that um, I think that that's exactly the case with the universe. And I think that we tend to see things as very, you know, uh, good and bad, right and wrong. I don't think the universe sees things that way, um, more or less. Yeah, the, with the thing with the thing of the yin and yang conversation or the push pull positive negative however yeah, we want to yeah. label it is yeah. that they're always in order for it to continue to expand and grow there always has to be maybe a f- little bit more positive than uh, than the negative because if it's a little more negative the negative mm-hmm. will self deconstruct that's how it happens negativity the negative keeps pulling and pulling and self deconstructs it does not 
expand it is not um expansive yeah. or cohesive it that's just the way nature is there has to be a little bit more positive i understand, so, what, I understand what you're saying and and this is not to say that you know i'm being religious but just as an example without the without the difficulties caused by the romans being in judea during the time of christ there probably would not have been a christ and so my point is that yes that very negative and there were you know they did horrendous things i'm sure and what have you if you look at the history of it but out of that emerged the the principle of of christ that then became a kernel that people rallied around that ultimately toppled what could have been seen as an evil regime so that's kind of what i'm saying all right so let me ask you this let's let's move beyond the system lords because there's different system lords and they they all have different opinions on how to help expand and um i'm more i'm more on the camp there's always going to be a little more positive otherwise there is no expansion if it's if it's more yeah. negative. And, and I, um, like, I like your analogy of the Buddhists too, because that's very true. And I think that's very, um, that's very true and very significant. Well, yeah. there's always like the drunken Buddha, the, the, the comedic side yeah. where at yeah. the very end when yeah. everybody is kind of losing a little bit, he goes, he puts, he throws his, uh, his alcohol away. He's like, Oh God, now I have to do some work. And he comes in the last minute and helps, you know, push forward <laughs> uh, positive go. expansion. I so, think we're talking, we're, we're definitely saying the same thing. Yeah. Right. Um, so let's talk about the image on the screen. So for the podcast listeners who's yep. listening audio, um, yeah. we don't see Gene's video. Uh, we see the cover of his book, Wheels of Creation. So you conceal your image and identity because early on you got uh, scary threats to you and your family from extreme fundamentalists. When, what when happened he- to cause that reaction well when i when i first was when i first was working at this i i I was interviewed uh various radio shows and what have you and i was very upfront about who i was and that was no problem but it turned out that um some of the information that we're offering um offended people or or especially Mm. fundamentalists because when you're talking about various things that are contrary to what they've been taught uh, religiously or that's in the Bible, um, people get very perturbed. So I started having difficulty with people um, threatening me. And, Mm. uh, you know, unfortunately, part of what I believe is that um, there, there are different soul ages and that there are a lot of younger souls and younger souls are pretty much like children they see the world as me and other me's Mm -hmm. and they want everyone to be just like them. And if you're not like them, then you are feared and you are hated. Mm -hmm. So I noticed that that was happening. And then at the same time, I started realizing that, well, I want to get this information out because I want to provide it to people, but I certainly, it's not about making me famous. I'm not the focus. I'm not the center of this. I'm providing information. And then you, take it or leave it, do what you will with it. But I think it's higher information and I don't want it to be uh, focused on me or about me. So 
whereas I'm happy to do these kinds of talks and discussions positively, um, I, I've shied away from being visible, being someone who, uh, you know, it goes from circuit to circuit. And believe me, I, I could have done that. Um, mm-hmm. But I really, I really didn't want to do that. The other thing about that is that you have to understand the, the majority of intuitives that I know who um, are, are really excellent intuitives mm-hmm. are, are able to put themselves and their egos aside. And I think that a, in, in a in a sense, the reason why I have been able to bring forth some information that, you know, is really valuable for people, I think, in my opinion, it's because I was able to put myself aside and allow the information to come through me without having an agenda. And mm-hmm. so that's really, that's really been the purpose. The other thing about it is that early on, I asked this question. And I was told that um, those who are intended to find this information will come across it. And it is not necessary to go out and advertise and market um, because it's the kind of information that is, it's not easy information. It's a little bit tough. It's a little bit different. And those who are really intended to find it will. And so there was really no need for me to do anything else. Mm-hmm. Totally understandable. And, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a life lesson for a lot of people as well, because um, the thing, the the thing is certain sects and certain philosophies around the world are more fundamentalist and extremist in their viewpoints and, and, um, and their acceptance of other people's Mm -hmm. perspectives on reality, on what uh, consciousness or God is on, um, And yep. if if they come across something that they don't necessarily understand or agree, um, instead of respectfully saying, well, that's not how I want to create my reality or my life, but you are free and welcome. Go ahead as right. as a right. free will individual incarnated right. as a human on Earth right. um, by the same right. source. Right. To express your reality and yourself anywhere you want, um, as, as, long as, you don't, as long as you don't hurt others. You're describing an older soul and the vision of what an older soul is. An older soul is you're you, I'm me, and as long as you don't hurt others, you you con- you become conscious and you make your own decisions through free will. Uh, uh, but younger souls like children, just like I said, don't see the world that way. And they really want to feel comforted and they want there to be mm. um, other than other people just like them in the world. Um, and we're at it. We're, we're currently in the, in a world where um, that is very much in play. And, and frankly, I don't see anything, any difference between, uh, and I hope people don't get offended by this, a Christian fundamentalist or an Islamic fundamentalist are essentially, they're both young souls who just happen to have a different ideology. Mm-hmm. But that struggle, you could even go as far as to say the whole struggle between Democrats and Republicans is a mm-hmm. struggle of young souls who want everyone to think like them. And because you don't, you're my enemy. Older souls don't think that way. And that's what you were describing. Yeah. But 
But l- let me ask let me ask you about that. Um, the thing is, the higher conscious beings, their essence has a greater influence on um, on reality and the whole. So, um, I mean, there are lots of old souls, wise souls who have incarnated in this reality. And um, because of that, their overarching essence is going to mediate or kind of simmer down the young souls who are really extremists. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that thought? Well, I, I think hopefully that's true. Unfortunately, though, I see a proliferation of younger souls in the world as ascension happens and as as this dimension evolves and the second dimension becomes the third dimension. I I think that that's um, what changes everything. Um, As that happens, older souls will begin to cycle off. And younger, and when I say cycle off, I mean they will start to move on to incarnations in the fifth dimension because they have reached a certain level of consciousness where they no longer need the lessons of the third dimension. While younger souls coming from even the second dimension, as it evolves and turns into the third dimension, are pro- proliferating and will be incarnating for the beginnings of their lifetimes in the third dimension. And I see what uh, I think that what you see happening here right now in the world is that over the past, you know, hundred years, there has been a proliferation as ascension happens of younger souls coming in while older souls are no longer incarnating uh, in this third dimensional physical reality and are starting to incarnate at a higher dimensional level. Now, I'm not someone who believes that we're all just going to pop off into the fifth dimension. So that might be, uh, I know there's a lot of people who think that suddenly one day everybody's going to wake up in the fifth dimension. And that's, I don't see that as being the case. I think that we, uh, in terms of the journey of our soul, will begin, our soul will ascend to the next higher dimension, and then we'll start incarnations in the higher dimension. Whereas we, if you are an older soul right now, you might have one more lifetime, two more lifetimes in this particular physical reality, but that ultimately your soul will ascend and move on to the higher dimension. Whereas younger souls are essentially going to be taking over uh, in the third dimension and are going to be more or less, um, you know, will be the ones who are actually involved. And that's the purpose of an ascension period. Right, right. So, you know, it's, a, it's interesting um, because I do, I do quantum hypnosis and I do six sense consultations all over the world mm-hmm. um, remotely. And the, the clients that I get and my um, counterparts who use different modalities in, in their practices, mm-hmm. they keep getting much of the, the similar type of client who is an old soul, has lived yeah. many lifetimes, um, not just in the earth uh, realities, but in other realities and other planets as mm-hmm. other um, star beings. And they're coming here to raise frequency and raise consciousness into more mm-hmm. interstellar level. Mm-hmm. And that is the consistent message 
over and over and over again that they're getting from all their clients. And so that completely is different from what you're saying is mostly young souls coming in, because if that was the case, I would, and so with counterparts, we would get all these young souls and that we're not getting young souls in our practices. What's happening there, I think, is twofold. First of all, you're attracting to yourself because of your vibrational quality, older souls to begin with. I think also that going back to sort of the concept of the system lords, there are definitely older souls who are trying to help, who are incarnating. They might not have ascended yet because ascension ascension is also a factor of free will. You do not have to ascend. And there are some who will stay for their own growth purposes um, in order to help with the vibrational quality of the third dimension. But I think I think those are the two things that are happening. I'm talking in the grander scheme of things in terms of the ascension of this actual dimension. It is a dimension that ultimately will always be the arena for uh, a younger soul to create incarnations, many incarnations, and then eventually cycle higher to the next uh, universal dimension. Right, right. I, you know, the other thing also is, and I totally understand that I'm asked these questions because some of the the the, sure. the things that you're saying aren't um, aren't supporting some of the other real life cases that hundreds and hundreds. I I have a counterpart that's um, used quantum healing and regress over a thousand people in Australia. Mm-hmm. And we talk and she says, all I'm getting are star seeds, ancient souls. All I'm getting are source cold souls straight from source, uh, straight from Nirvana, um, angels in different dimensions coming in to help with raising frequency to the higher dimensions. Well, I, all these souls yeah. are not young I souls. Dis- I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with you, but but a thousand is not six billion. And I, I have to say that there's always going to be guides. There's always going to be those who who come in, um, who are older souls, who have already experienced many, many, many lifetimes in the third universal dimension, who are now maybe choosing not to ascend to a higher dimensional lifetimes in order to, you know, help this ascension period happen, help others like themselves to find the way and to ascend. And I would say basically that these people, you like does attract like. And so you are definitely attracting to yourself those older souls of a higher vibration who are helping each other or you're helping them. If you are a practitioner who does that, you're helping an older soul to actually find the way so that they then can ascend and they can uh, transmigrate to a higher dimension. Yeah. But the thing with the thing, the, the thing that I've, that I found and that many Buddhists find in reincarnation research through different mm-hmm. modalities that they have done through the ages is that reincarnation is, is not a linear thing. You don't go Absolutely. from third to fifth to seventh. It depends on where Absolutely. the soul, just like you had, you had proven earlier that the, the, the eighth and ninth dimensional system lords are reincarnating back into the third dimension for various reasons right. of right. their own. Mm-hmm. Um, y- 
somebody who is an angel soul from the angel dimension or somebody who is a source called soul for straight from source who are made to nirvana can at this okay. time choose to come here for various reasons to kind of do a bodhisattva or to, to do a little bit of service yes. um, yeah. and then go straight back to source after this they, 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 you know because there's no linear cycle when you have already migrated up the game board yeah. you can jump wherever you want to go depending on the intentions of what you're striving to experience or achieve i think that i think that's true but from my experience and from what i've seen there are those souls who are higher souls who do do that but they're not the majority um, right and, uh, and and from my experience, there is a very natural evolution and progression that souls actually do through the universal dimensions. Now, in terms of wheels of creation, which is why we called it wheels of creation, um, the soul, when it's when it is cast out from source, begins incarnations in the first universal dimension. And the reason why we call this wheels of creation is because all of those incarnations that that soul will have, and we're talking hundreds and thousands of them, mm-hmm. will be linked together. They will be in wheels that are associated, and they happen all simultaneously because time is not linear and time is hap- all time is happening at once mm-hmm. within that particular universal dimension. So a soul will actually create these wheels of creation, each wheel with a purpose. And you might be one incarnation on that wheel, whereas the other members of that wheel might be in various different time periods during that particular universal dimension. And then when you actually pass from physical reality you then go through the sublevels of that dimension and return to your soul and when you return to your soul who stays in that universal dimension that soul for the most part will then transmigrate and will ascend to the next universal dimension where it will do exactly the same thing and this happens through all the universal dimensions with consciousness becoming higher and higher and higher as these lifetimes are experienced in lower um, universal dimensions. So I, I see it a little bit differently. Um, and and I, th- yes, there are definitely souls who bounce around and, and you know, come back, um, but they are very specific and they do so um, in order to give of themselves and also so for growth when they are at higher levels. But for the most part, the journey of the soul was through the universal dimensions in the manner in which we described in Wheels of Creation. Let me let me ask you this about um okay, so in in scientific research, they've already proven this in through meditation and mindfulness research, mm-hmm. that if you take a group of people, they did this with meditators, they also did this with um, monks. Christian monks, uh, Christian pre- nuns and priests, a lot of Buddhist monks and nuns, and they did all these stu- these meditation studies since the seventies. And there's thousands of, of of these research studies that, in any given time, when a, a group of people is meditating in the highest frequencies, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, what happens is a change in their brain. They go into um, mm-hmm. almost gamma or higher frequency, which is the right. the frequency that energy healing happens because you're connected to source itself. Right. And they found that when they do these research um, studies and do these meditation practices for bliss and wellness for themselves and for the rest of, of the reality mm-hmm. in that specific area, crime goes down people are happier um it's it it's much more peaceful they've proven this thousands and thousands of times that they came down with a exact science absolutely it only takes one percent of any given population to affect the 99 percent positively so even if 99 percent of the seven or so billion people in the world are stuck in a negative um, outlook for life there is going to be one percent that are vibing in the higher vibration that is influencing the reality positively i I totally agree i totally agree and and really the bottom line is that uh, they are balancing out exponentially just like you said, one person is probably balancing a thousand people through their no much higher, people. much higher, well, whatever it is. Yeah, they're almost they're, a million people. They're exponentially balancing out that energy, which is absolutely mm-hmm. true. But that doesn't change the fact that, that evolution and ascension is happening. That souls are actually, um, I mean, the, the whole purpose of a soul to create incarnations is to have various creative experiences Mm -hmm. and that involves free will as well as things that they have designed in advance to Mm -hmm. provide them with growth and in many cases um, you know that's not just a walk through the park in many cases Mm -hmm. that say okay now in this lifetime i want to learn about this and i can only learn about that through um you know, uh, through having a very challenging experience or being drafted into a war, right. or having war rage around me. And that's really what's going on. But, right. I, I'm just, but I totally agree with you that right. there is always that balance, definitely. And there's always those individuals who are of a higher consciousness, who are um, who are helping to change the reality, which I think is part of the issue of the system lords, you know, system lords don't do anything by themselves. Um, they they come in and they influence geopolitical thought or spiritual thought, uh, you know. And so it might be one person who then influences the thousand, who then influence the millions, who then influence the billions. Right, right. And you just touched on something, too. You touched on um, the pre-life planner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. um, so. Like I, I know for myself, and I've, I've spoken about this in um, other um, interviews, book interviews. So mm-hmm. I know for myself from memories and also from confirmations from various senior Buddhist monks of many, many different monasteries that I grew up attending and visiting. And, and in Asia, my, my family uh, sponsors many uh, renovations of different temples throughout Laos. Um, but over and over again, no matter where I go, many of them say you're, you have a job in the spirit world and you're what they call a pre-life planner. Like kind of like a 
travel agent when you go to on vacation. Right. All right. And so you plan out, well, what do you, what kind of excursions do you want to do? Where do you want to live? You know, what's your budget? What do you want to learn? Do you want to have a little bit of growth? You know, whatever. So every pre-life planner is a little bit different and no matter which reality or which reincarnation experience you come into, whether it's in third dimension, fifth dimension, whatever, you're going to consult with a pre-life planner. 100%. Um, 100%, even the system lords. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So just like all counselors, they're not going to get, not not all of them are going to be the same. So the the question is, as I'm a pre-life planner from the spirit world, and I have incarnated here. That's why all these concepts are very common. And right. if I were sitting in a round table with you going over a specific soul's chart, going what kind of lessons and what kind of experiences would work to get this person to level up, I would introduce positive things. Maybe a couple of hard life lessons, like maybe a heartbreak here and there. So you know what heartbreak feels like. So that when you do fall in love, you know how to love well and loyal and fruitful and expanding that kind of relationship. Um, But for the most part, uh, I always, I remember always telling my clients when I'm helping them take out their different pre-life hard knocks and the, the loves and all the different aspects that, you know, you can still learn the lesson. You doesn't, it doesn't have to always be suffering. It doesn't have to always be pain, you know, a little bit of suffering, a little bit of pain, just experience that just for a little smidget is all you need for eternity to understand what that is. You don't need this abundant overflow of hard knocks. Well, I, it's a I, little bit. I totally agree with you. But you see, for me, that philosophy is what's based in the philosophy of discovering your essence path. Because like I said at the beginning, beginning, you can experience your essence path from either the positive polarity or the negative polarity. And basically the universe doesn't care because you're learning the same lesson, mm-hmm. but it's going to be much easier for you to learn lessons of love through loving experiences rather than to learn lessons of love through very difficult, challenging, hateful situations. And, and it's up to you. Mm-hmm. And in terms of free will, which is really the, the bottom line nature of free will, to become conscious enough to be able to understand what your parameters are, what your personality is about, what your ego is about, what you're doing, so that you can consciously push that to the positive polarity and learn your experiences about love through loving situations and not through negative ones. So it's not as though someone is saying to you in terms of planning the lifetime, oh, we're going to give you a lot of negative things here and there and there. It's basically, we're going to give you a situation where you're going to learn about love. And so this person is going to come along. And if you don't meet up with that one, then this one will come along. And that person's going to probably break your heart or cast is going to have to leave, or perhaps is going to die at a certain point. And now it's up to you to figure out how to navigate that, what kind of growth is going to come from that, and how you're going to respond. And that then creates consciousness growth. And you're 100% accurate. You have complete control over that under the conditions that you become conscious as to what you're all about, what your life lesson is, what your mission is. 
I, 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 Gene, I, I get this image of our offices are really close to each other, and I'm passing, <laughs> like somebody who's just not getting the take the take the softer lesson, take the softer <laughs> approach. Oh, you want to get beat up? Oh, okay. I'm like, you go to Gene's office. No, 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 Gene's no, 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 office. No, no please that don't. Go to Gene's no. office. He's absolutely, got a timeline for you. Absolutely you. not. Absolutely not. <laughs> You're no, like, no, you know, no. You see, I'm I, like, yes, yes. No, no, no. I, I'm anything but negative. <laughs> That's my whole entire point. We tend to see things as positive and negative. In reality, they just are. In terms of the universe, the universe is just allowing you to grow. How you grow is up to you and how you choose to see these things that happen to you and how you learn, how you become, how you get to know thyself, which is really, there's a reason why that's a very important you know, uh, thing. That's going to influence how you direct the things that happen to you and you can push them into the positive pole instead of the negative pole or in my way of thinking you can live on your essence path or you can live in your ego it's up to you but it's going to be very challenging to live in your ego right right but i always what i always advise people is when life just seems so on budging just call your angels your guides find whatever modality Uh, you know absolutely lock it up bring on your bring on your team and follow follow synchronicity um follow the gentle guidance and and you learn if you learn your lesson fast you don't have to do all the other lessons you set up for yourself and so my question is because i see this all the time why do so many people insist on hitting their head against a brick wall? Because they do. <laughs> Why? And they do. And they, and they do. don't have to, as, as we're saying. They don't have to. But, but they do. They, they do. And, and, and that's, that's the challenge. Is, that's the challenge. That's the challenge yeah. is to provide support and guidance without enabling them to totally. continue not to have their bottoms so that they can pick themselves up. I'm totally with you on that. So um, let's, let's, let's move on to be beyond, beyond this, this part. Cause this is just, this is a, this is a conversation and a round table for pre-life planners to discuss cases. So, <laughs> right. um, and can I, add th- one, can I add one thing also? To yes. That? Yes. Um, it, it's interesting that you say that. And it's very true. There definitely are souls who, who positively do that just as there are certain specialties. Um, it's interesting because your soul is actually a pre-planner and that's how it influences through to you. Mm. So I think that that's an interesting concept and that many of the things that uh, a, an individual incarnation or lifetime like your lifetime would be around those, you know, learning about assisting others to grow and learning about like specifically what you're doing, because that then would key right into what your soul is learning through all of the lifetimes it's creating. And I I just think that's a, it's a fascinating idea. Oh, there's a whole nother side um, segment on just pre-life planners as part of creation. Yeah, as part of reincarnation. Well, so a that's a whole. There's a number yeah. of different specialties. There's, there's a number there's, of different ones. And, yeah, yeah, and and that that just happens to be one of them. Um, right. And right. generally, I, I would add also to that that most pre-planner souls who are specializing in that are 
ultimately souls that are the guardians of the Akashic record. Because in order to be a pre-planner soul, you have to have access and understand how to access the Akashic in the eighth universal dimension. And so most of the souls like your own that does that actually hangs out in the eighth universal dimension with the Akashic records. Yeah, but the, but 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 the, here's the thing that's going to be mind-boggling for some of the audience members. Yeah. All all aspects of your soul exist in all areas that you want to experience at the same time. So you might, I might be, I may be, I'm looking and talking to Gene here right now, but another percentage of your soul could be existing in the spirit world. Oh, 100%. You know, we're, 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 we're pushing clients back and forth. (laughs) That's absolutely right. You're absolutely absolutely right. right. Yeah. That's how it works. Exactly. Let's go beyond this. Well, and, um, and it's, it's part of the conversation of all, all the lifetimes in the universal dimension that your soul is creating are connected to you. And the things that happened in your life on your wheel of cre- creation influences what happens in those other lifetimes, backwards and forwards. So, I mean, it's part of the whole entire strategy of ascension of the soul. Right. Okay. So here's a fascinating thing. So as a kid, you met, and correct me if I'm wrong, Yuri Geller at the airport. Uh, I was on I was on an airplane as a kid. A kid, I, I was early teen, so maybe thirteen, fourteen, um, on an airplane. Through some mix up in seating, mm-hmm. I was. Uh, there are no accidents. Of, there are no there accidents. Are no, there are absolutely no accidents. Yes, you're right. And uh, through through a mix up in seating, I was traveling with my father, but I was separated from him and was seated next to Yuri Geller. Mm-hmm. And I didn't didn't know who it was or anything about it. In fact, I didn't for many, many years until afterwards, realization. But he he was kind of interesting because he started talking to me and he told me that eventually I would do this kind of work. And then he um he actually gave me a medallion. And the medallion is um, a medallion, the medallion is an antique, it has an antique emblem of a menorah on it. And he said, mm. this is the, he said, this is the light of God. And this, this was told, God told uh, Moses, I believe it was, how to actually create this. And he said to always remember that you are the light of God in the world and the information that you will be giving to people is from the light of God. And I had no idea. I thought that the man was completely crazy, did not know what he was talking about because I was Mm -hmm. a kid and it didn't dawn on me until later. And I still carry the medallion with me Mm -hmm. to this day, um, you know, many, many decades later. So, yeah, yeah. it was it was an interesting experience that I didn't appreciate at the time, but it certainly was uh, he was tuning in to, uh, I guess, um, you know, what I what I had planned to do or what I had come here to do. Right, right. You know, in your book, Wheels of Creation, um, you had expressed you found some new insights about reincarnation. Can you give us a a brief overview of that new insight? Yeah, I think that we've covered a little bit of it, but the most important thing I think is that, you know, reincarnation has always been seen 
like you said, as a, as a linear progression, you mm-hmm. have one lifetime and then it's you that then goes and, you know, and, you know, decades later is born into another body mm-hmm. that it's you and that you keep going and going and going. That's, that's not at all the way it works. Um, mm. Your soul, like we said, travels through the universal dimensions and is incarnating in these various wheels of creation, what I call wheels of creation. And you are really just, your lifetime is one cell in the body of your soul for a Mm -hmm. specific purpose. And that grouping that are on the wheel will be related to a specific mission, just the way that the cells in your body, you might have cells that are in your heart or in your liver, and um, that all of it comprises who, you know, the body and all of it comprises Mm -hmm. who you are, but they are all individual souls. I'm sorry, not souls. They're all individuals that are existing within the body of the soul. So that was the that was the very important first thing that um, was somewhat different and that I think people really need to understand. And then the other part of the book that uh, is, I think, um, so interesting is uh, talking about the process of what happens after you pass away in mm-hmm. this particular dimension. Um, a lot of people... I tend to think, okay, you know, you go through a tunnel of light and then you get to paradise or you get through gates and you get to sit, you know, uh, on someone's knee or you get to see grandma, um, which is does happen, certainly, mm-hmm. but that's not at all. It's a very, very simplistic view of how this happens. Each universal dimension, and like I said, we're in the third universal dimension, is subdivided into 12 sublevels. We exist in terms of our reality at the third sublevel of that third dimension. When you pass away, you pass into what is known as the astral plane, but that's the fourth sublevel. And then you start a journey and a progression as yourself, not as your soul, but as you in an attempt to process what has happened to you and bring everything back to your soul, which is residing at the 12th sublevel. So mm-hmm. as you go through this process, what I think is fascinating is, and it's, it's detailed in the book and it's complicated, so I won't get into it here, but you then pass through the fifth, pass through the sixth, pass through the seventh. And what actually happens in those various sublevels as you are becoming more and more light and as you are returning to source. Um, now, I call source, I take source to mean you, when you're talking about you or a person in particular, source is returning to their soul. But remembering that you are always an individual in the body of your soul, and mm-hmm. then your soul returns to source, which I really call um, the God force, mm-hmm. however you want to envision it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think those two things are the most interesting thing, and I think are very, very helpful in terms of understanding how not only how the soul journeys through various dimensions, but how you yourself, when you pass away in your astral body, will then pass through these various realms and what happens there as you make your way back to uh, your source, which ultimately is your particular soul. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you re- you reintegrate to yes your higher self, but that basically yes. ho- that homing beacon goes back to yes. Yes. yes source, absolutely. the home, nirvana, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Ex- exactly. And then interestingly enough, when when all of the lifetimes that your soul has created, which are all happening simultaneously on different parts of the timeline, when they have all gone through those, you know, passed through physical reality and then have gone through the astral planes, when they all reintegrate with your soul at the 12th sublevel of a dimension, that's when your soul is ready to ascend to the next universal dimension. And that progress continues until the soul itself returns to source right right we're talking about similar things which is um using different vernacular um and different tools to achieve the same thing um so let's talk about timelines we kind of touched on this a little bit but i um i would like to know your your thoughts why do timelines split and merge well when you look at it from an intuitive perspective and psychically you see that the time the timeline first of all is extremely dynamic mm-hmm. and is always in it's always in progress and it's always changing now there are specific things on the timeline that i call um probable and those probable events are generally the ones that do take place mm-hmm. especially if they have purpose in terms of what we're talking about um, earlier with with system lords or to create a, mass, a certain environment in the mass consciousness. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, splitting off from the main timeline are all the possibilities that that pi- timeline could follow. Mm-hmm. When an intuitive tunes in, they try to, if they know what they're doing generally, they try and look at the timeline that is the most probable timeline emerging. But it's very important to understand that the reason why they can be off or not see exactly what's happening is because it is dynamic and because many of the possibilities, which are offshoots of that timeline, can become the actual probable timeline and then later on can re-merge with the timeline. So it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit difficult. Um, and the very reason why, oh, well, the, you know, that's that psychic is terrible because they didn't get it. Well, they might have been reading a possible timeline that they saw that was split off and not the actual main probable one. Um, and you know, it's it's a it is a little bit tough. Although I have to admit there are specific things um, in terms of major, major world events like we were talking about that do appear as something on the, uh, the probable timeline always, such as the Twin Towers. Um, but the, the pandemic was not because that was man-made and because uh, as we said, uh, you know, I consider it a a, uh, a bioweapon that was released as part of a war that was on a possible tangent that then emerged as the probable and now is re-emerging back into the uh, the most probable timeline. Okay, so the thing about um, about premonition, mm-hmm. premonitions, or yeah. reading the future, 
Yeah. We'll have whatever terms we want to use for for uh, for reading the future oh. is that yeah. is is the concept of probable timeline. So so the thing is is that if 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 you're looking at let me give you an example. If you're looking at somebody who is reckless driver, they don't put the seatbelts on regularly. They are uh, not stopping at stoplights. There's a probable, high probability they're going to get into a car accident. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so also, if whereas if you if for others who are who are may, maybe more meticulous in how they drive, there's a higher probability that that person is not going to have much, if any, car accidents and probably going to have a better car insurance rate than somebody who's more reckless because they're <laughs> a higher risk. Okay, right. so this is this is a this is the the right. concept in in credit. You know, uh, what is uh, your credit? Are you a high risk or you're a low risk? So when we, when intuitives are reading probable futures they're reading whether you're a high risk for this timeline or a low risk for this timeline and it really comes down to the person's frequency so if they and whatever is in their pre-life plan for what they're going to experience so um there's a there's combinations which goes back into the concept of mandela effects or parallel realities where um I know I never experienced a reality where I saw Nelson Mandela die in prison. Um, and whereas my best friends recall their experiences of watching on the news, Nelson Mandela dying in prison and how it affected their moms and their, mm-hmm. their parents watching it in the news. I never recall that because I recall him becoming president and dying a couple of years ago. This is mm-hmm. 2022. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so you have people merging into the same experience coming from completely different firsthand. You can put a lie detector test on them. Firsthand experiences of the same events, completely different. So that proves for many people who have these um, these different experiences of the same events and they can find others to corroborate either experience that there are parallel realities going on simultaneously. Now, um, well, th- that goes back to the, the the various timelines with all the possibilities because everything is possible, and they, they right, but they happen. You know, it, it, you could talk about that in terms of the creation of reality. And what is creating reality? Because all rea- reality is created. I mean, you, you, you. Conscious, you, isn't it? Consciousness yes. is creating reality. Isn't you, well, it us, our frequency, our consciousness are, is creating reality? Consciousness. But there is the mass consciousness factor that comes into play. Okay. So, so then, so then here's the question of that, because, because uh, I'm going to, I'm going to ask more questions as the conversations go along. The question was reality creation is reality creation whichever timeline you go into whether you you go into a timeline where nelson mandela died in prison or you go into an experience a timeline where he became president and died a couple of years ago two different timelines two different experiences 
And one person's probable reality to attract one timeline, it's going to be completely different from another person's probable reality to attract another timeline. It comes down to the same concept of, of risk factors. What is your credit for different timelines? So can you explain it in well, I don't, I, I mean, why I don't, certain people are attracted to certain timelines I, and other people I, have other timelines? I don't, I don't, I don't see it. What emerges in reality, I don't see as being different timelines. There's, there's one timeline that emerges in reality. Yes, it can change. Yes, it's dynamic. Yes, it is related to the creation of reality. What I would think is uh, that this person is actually, um, intuitive or projecting what they what they are seeing is actually what they themselves would attract to themselves and the reality that they would attract or the possible timeline that they would attract but that but then it differs because the actual timeline that emerges is based on the mass consciousness and it's based on the sum of everyone's reality creation um absolutely positively when you sleep and when you are in visiting the astral realm which is what you do when you sleep you do experiment with reality and so there are of all the possibilities it's almost like a backstage area where you will actually um things that are related to you you will experiment with the possibility and some of them will come to pass and some of them will not. And the ones that come to pass are the ones that then permeate and make the most sense for you in the astral sense. And then you are able to um, pull, magnetize that to you and pull those events into reality on the timeline for yourself. So that becomes an important factor. And it sounds like the person you're talking about was doing a combination of those things okay that's that's a lot of i have i have q and <laughs> my friends my families my co-workers yeah okay it's not just a couple of isolated incidents i have q and lots of people mm -hmm. and i will get one or the other bucket which means there's two different parallel realities going on um and these people don't know each other. They didn't experience the experience together, but they have the same recall. Mm -hmm. Nelson Mandela died in prison. Nelson Mandela became president, right. died a couple of years right. ago. Right. And, and so it's not like they, and so there's two different ones and then they merge and now they're existing in right now, the same reality. So there is that, that proves that there is a concept of timeline splitting and timelines merging. People are splitting in which timelines they're going to go okay. into an experience and people are merging after certain events and then going, what did you experience? Well, I I'll tell, I'll tell you, cause I've had some episodes of these Mandela effect episodes where I have Q and K aid over 50 people who recall watching the movie Shazam. Okay. Uh, with a uh, with a comedian, and and that movie Shazam, uh, not with the NBA player, never existed, never existed. Okay, um, however, 
everyone I Q&A in my generation completely remember watching it, what they were doing, when they were doing, how they saw the movie, etc. So they have recall and none of them know each other. They have recall of watching a child movie, Shazam, that supposedly never happened. So that's proof, another proof that they had merged into a reality that supposedly never happened. So the concept of timelines and attracting timelines of probable futures, so such as World War III, mm-hmm. is one probable future that some people may experience and others may not. I, I see what you're saying. It's I, And I can't talk to the Shazam example because I don't know it okay or publishers clearinghouse publishers clearinghouse ed mcmahon delivering the prize checks many people remember that but it never existed (laughs) again i would say that the timeline that emerges in reality in physical reality Mm -hmm. is the one that is a composite of all the various possibilities that then create the probable And it's possible that these people are seeing because of a sensitivity or because they are. No, they're not seeing. They're experiencing it. Yeah, that I can't. They're physically experiencing it. And and they can recall details. I can recall them because I experienced it. I've gone through lie detective tests and so have many others. It's all real according to the lie detective tests. So, Gene, let me ask you. (laughs) <laughs> did Ed, did Ed McMahon deliver the prize checks by Publishers Clearinghouse? He did it. He did in my reality. Yes, he did. In my well, reality, yeah. In your reality, he did. Yeah. So you not to me personally, in... but he definitely. And did. how do you know that? Well, I mean, you know, then then you sort of that brings up questions about like what is reality, and who's perceiving what in terms of reality, but that's that's different than they're experiencing a different reality. They certainly might be experiencing the possibility that never emerged onto the actual reality timeline. And then in their minds, it continued, it continued on the, the possible timeline. There was no frame of reference and no one to steer them off of it. it but I, I have trouble... Um, and, and it is something that's, that really I have not specifically looked at. I think from everything that I've seen and when we looked at the book, the time, there is a timeline. The timeline is spiral in nature and the timeline defines the dimension. And the timeline itself has various offshoots that are of everything possible that could possibly be, mm-hmm. but based on what is actually based on thought, based on feelings, based on emotions Mm -hmm. of the entire world population, mass consciousness, and then the individual, that is what's attracted from the possibilities into the main timeline that actually merges. It's, It's difficult to say that there are different, that they're all equal in existence because the timeline as a, as a spiral is all happening at exactly the same time. Everything, everything in time in this particular universal dimension is happening simultaneously somewhere on that spiral timeline. Right. So let me ask you this, Gene, based off of, of, of what, what you just recently said. So you're saying that you physically remembered 
that Ed McMahon delivered the prize checks for Publishers Clearinghouse. But but it it could be something in your thought that you thought of and you kept on thinking about. So <laughs> this is your personal experience. Are you saying it never or, happened? You thought this up? Because I can't, I'm not sure I understand because I can't prove that Ed McMahon no. delivered it. Because you're saying that that Ed, in your your no, experience, I'm not, saying, no, I'm not at all saying that those people are delusional or that I'm delusional. I, I I'm simply saying that there are sensitive people who, like with a premonition, are seeing a possible timeline or a possible future. So are you saying that you perceive that that it didn't really happen? Uh, no, I, I mean in in the reality that I know. That that's what you that's what you that remember experiencing happened yes exactly okay and well i'm telling to, you i'm telling you that, that it never happened people, well what you're yeah i know and you're saying to me that other people in their reality it never happened mm-hmm. you know i it's it's hard to speak to it and what i'm trying to explain is that it it did happen for them because they saw a possible future but because in terms they of didn't the, it's not a matter of seeing no, no, no. Because they, they experience, experience if you, a if future. You like, they experience. They experience they because possi- seeing seeing a possible future, like astral dreaming or fantasizing or thinking of a different timeline that's existing, is completely different than saying, "I physically experienced this." You see the difference. You know, I, uh, so I'm saying you're saying that these people who have these other. Uh, experiences no, of different timelines are seeing valid, it. I'm saying it's a valid experience. I'm saying that they are definitely experiencing a possible future timeline or a possible timeline, but it's not the timeline that we look at in terms of the events, the actual physical events that happen or the realities that happen. In other words, there, there is, there are not, six billion realities in this particular dimension I don't right so there's that. a collective consciousness like, I don't, you know we understand yes, that and, and there's that. an and individual in consciousness terms of the collective consciousness there is there are events that emerge on the timeline in the universal dimension that are you know that is the that is the main trajectory and the main timeline there that's not to say that they're not experiencing other possibilities they certainly might. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that they then probably are extremely sensitive. They're astral projecting. They're doing various things. They're, they're communicating at a higher level. So you're not, so, so you just, you just completely negated your own experience where you remember experiencing in your physical timeline that Edmund Mann delivered the prize checks for publishing clearinghouse, which Everybody knows that they're looking at that now that never existed. So, but you're saying that these people, that you perceived it, that you like saw it in a different timeline, that you were like astral projecting it. So you're not even crediting your own physical experience. Yvonne, I, I don't know how to answer that. Um, that's And that's perfectly fine answer too. Yeah, uh, because I, so. I, it sounds like, it sounds like there, you're suggesting that there are 6 billion different timelines and no, realities. and that's not my experience i don't see that i'm not saying that either i'm just saying there's more than one timeline 
And, and, and how I would answer that is that there are many offshoots of the timeline and the timeline is dynamic. And as it transpires, some of those possibilities do merge into the main trajectory and main timeline and then merge out. But I'm not, but I don't see those as separate. I see them all as one thing. Right. A tree is a tree. It's the same tree. You're going to have right. multiple branches that split off and right. that merge together, et cetera. But exactly. the, the, the point that I was making was trying to get clarified with you was yeah. that you were saying that there's this timeline that's going to have World War Three and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And these horrible things are going to happen this time. And this is the probable high probability timeline making it seem like there's only one timeline that everyone's going to experience. However, you've even proven to yourself that you have memory of different timelines that does not exist in this timeline well, that I we're experiencing I mean, now. No. So there is I've more proven. than one, there is more than one, one timeline that people can engage in. Well, that's, that, that's what I'm saying is that. Yeah, no, again, I have to say again, yeah, uh, there, the timeline is dynamic and the timeline changes what is on what is on the trajectory and the most probable timeline is what good predictions are made of um so you're you can have predictions that are the possible i e ed mcmahon never existed that doesn't make it reality no and that, that is the mean, reality you can look it up right now he never ed, no, ed mcmahon I, I don't see that ed so mcmahon existed but he never delivered no, the publisher's say, clearinghouse price checks for for people that never yeah. existed well that's possible yeah i i no I, no you can go look it up i dare you to go look it up no same I, I, yeah, yeah same, I'm, I'm sure you're right that he never personally went i same thing he, with he nelson mandela the, never dying in prison of it yeah again possible possible timelines that are trajectories but they're not equal in terms of the main timeline and the main probable trajectory that is happening, which actually consists of all the possibilities as they merge together. So then let me ask you this, since we are basically proving that there are multiple timelines and people are coming from different timelines and those timelines are splitting and they are merging. Um, why are, why are people merging into the same timeline? Is there like is there like a, a reason behind that? Yeah, the the reason is magnetism, and the reason is vibrational quality, and what is necessary to be on that timeline. Okay, so then here's the other question about timelines, because timelines that you attract and experience um, prove that that uh, it is the user who has a big factor in what they're going to experience, which reality no, they're going the, to experience. The user, the user can be an influence for sure in terms of the trajectory, especially if you're talking about their own probable future on right. that timeline. Um, but I don't think that if I think right now that I don't want there to be war, that doesn't necessarily mean that there's not going to be war somewhere in the world. Well, there's always going to be somebody fi fighting somewhere in the world. 
true. Trying to work out their their their, their issues. Okay, um, if you love if you love someone and you want them to grow spiritually and and learn through their whatever lessons they're going through, you can allow them the space to go through that lesson. That's the basics one hundred and one in universal consciousness. But um, and again, that goes into allowing you the freedom to have your experience, even if we don't agree with it. But the question comes down to timeline creation. That's a very important point to make. The thing that comes down to timeline creation is who creates reality then? If we, the user, do not create reality. Oh, no, I never said that. I mean, I totally believe that you create your reality 100%. Okay. So if you create your reality 100% and you are making decisions that put you into a certain frequency and trajectory into a timeline. What you're saying though, is that just because I create my reality doesn't mean that somewhere down the street or on the other side of the world, what I don't want to happen isn't happening. Well, yeah, because those people in that part of the world are experiencing whatever they're creating. Okay. So let's do a quick example. Mm -hmm. North Korea, the people of North Korea don't um, push back against their um, their government, and then they're going to continue to get what they get. But mm-hmm. if they do True. push back and work creatively together to push back against that, they outnumber their military forces, they outnumber their government, they can turn it around and be more like South Korea, and then they can unify the country. So that's just a basic, basic example that most people can understand. So um, it comes down to every individual has a consciousness that influences the people around them, that influences the people around them, that influences the whole in that specific area. And then they, they, and then as a collective consciousness, they influence the trajectory of which timeline they're going to go into. And that can change drastically depending on the change in consciousness. 100% believe that there are many, many possibilities, but they all, but I, what I'm saying, which I think is what differs from what you're saying is that they all ultimately eventually merge into what is the probable trajectory that creates itself in reality. Okay. So then let me ask you this in that previous experience where you remembered that Ed McMahon delivered the prize checks for publishers to Caring House. At that time, could yeah. you have predicted a high probability that that would never exist in your next future reality that no. you're existing in now? So, you're, so, so what you're actually saying though is that that never existed. Ed McMahon, yeah, never, never, Ed McMahon never delivered the prize checks no, for no, no. publishers' ne- clearinghouse. Yes. I, I think that's clear. He never delivered the prize checks, but he was certainly on all of the television advertising and was certainly the face of publishers' That That never existed. Oh, well, that, that's, that's an interesting concept. If no, no, it's never- true. You look it up. Yeah, I will. It never existed. It never That's existed. I can go right now on my computer and we very can look it up and you're never going to you're never going to see it. That's very interesting. Very interesting. And that's why I'm asking you questions for that, because you're saying you experience a reality well, that I'm yeah. saying, if you look it up, you're and, never going to find anything that he was a representative okay. for published. Well, you know, I, ha- I have to say that the way in which people perceive or experience reality is very different. So you are correct in that. 
but I still can't go as far as to say that there are different realities. I'm just saying that the perception and how one perceives the reality is different. And my example would be, um, I've talked to many people who lived through World War II, mm-hmm. including someone who lived in Berlin at the time that it was taken over by the Allies. Right. They And they were a teenager. Mm-hmm. And they had absolutely no bad experiences, did not know anything was going on. And someone else who lived in Paris, who during the occupation experienced absolutely every challenging, horrific thing that you can imagine. It's an example to me of how... um, based on your vibrational frequency and based on your integrity, mm-hmm. how reality, even if there's just one, can affect you or not affect you, be attracted into your proximity or not attract into your proximity. And I think that's more indicative of sort of your own vibrational quality, your own consciousness as to what affects you and what you invite in versus um, saying that, well, there's... Uh, lots and lots and lots of different timelines and lots of realities, which is not something that I, I believe. Right. So you just, you just said that during the world war two, you know, of people who experience um, the, the Nazi timeline and you know, people who didn't experience the Nazi timeline. Is that no. correct? No, not exactly. Yes. But I, yes, that there yes? are people, okay. who, people who, let's say it this way. People who went through the exact same war, one who was right in the midst of it and had everything happen to them, and one who was in the midst of it who had nothing happen at all and barely even knew anything was happening. Right. So now you could now what you're saying is that those are two different timelines. I don't see it that way. I see it as the same timeline and the same reality, but that based on that person's vibrational energy and their own consciousness, they were attracting to themselves different things. That's the difference that I see. Okay. So if you use that concept, that because it, it could be that one person's in a kind of a sheltered suburban community that didn't really have a lot going on. So they w- weren't really going to no, be affected that no, much. You know, it's not that. Okay. It's not the case. One lived in the right in the center of Berlin. The other one lived right in the center of Paris. Yeah. So they the occupation. So both of them, it was different, granted, but both of them had experiences living in uh, a Nazi. Right. So they were experiencing two different realities in yes. the same, same timeline is what you're saying. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So, so in the case of the Mandela effect or people experiencing different um, events, events, yeah. they're experiencing two different realities in the same, same timeline. So the, the people who like yourself and like myself, who we call firsthand experience, remembering seeing the TV commercials, of Ed McMahon delivering the prize checks, being the spokesperson of Publishers Clearinghouse, we are experiencing a version of reality where right now you can look all you want and Publishers Clearinghouse says they never use Ed McMahon as their spokesperson for any of that, (laughs) ever. Look it up on the internet. It's all there. Very interesting, I will. And so 
goes to the point of what you're making is that we are experiencing a different version of reality than other people, than this version of reality that it never right. existed. Right. But you're saying is on the same one timeline, which is fine. Then, then, then that's, that's a difference. But, that's and, a difference but, in logistics. So yeah, and and it's basically saying saying the same thing more or less, I think. Right. So for the same token of people who experience Nelson Mandela dying in prison, whereas Nelson Mandela became president and died a couple of years ago, those right. people are the same people in the same timeline, but they're just experiencing different versions of reality within the same. Yeah. And then branch, I would say the then, same. Exactly. And I would say that that's based on them. The parts where in your books you talk about a high probable reality where there's World War Three and all these horrible things that people can imagine would happen in that scenario, it's going to be what everyone is going to experience. That doesn't fall in no, line no, with this I concept of people no. having multiple no, no, no. First of various all, versions first of, of all, reality. Well, first of all, I don't say that. Okay. I say that right now, currently, on the probable timeline, this is the trajectory and this is what's happening. Second of all, I say that based on your own vibrational integrity, that will actually temper and will create a reality for you that either protects you or puts you in the midst of all these different things. That's specifically what I say. And that is also the reason why the book, Timeline Collapse, goes on to talk about the fifth dimension and uh, the fifth universal dimension, but that'll be for another time. Because if you can actually create a high consciousness and a high vibration, and you can maintain vibrational integrity, you don't have to be in the midst of all those things. You don't have to experience those things. Even if they're happening on the timeline, even if it's happening around you, you will actually be protected and you will be fine. Right, right. So, I mean, the, the it goes on the same token from the 2020 to 22 time frame. I had a very easy, pleasant experience. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. No problem. I, I, I didn't based have any on, problems. Which is based on you. Which is based on me. My, yeah. But yeah. others, they had a horrible experience. They had yes. everything thrown on them. You are exactly um, right. correct. And exactly. and all the worst case scenarios. And yeah. so the yeah. thing that the thing that buddhists say always as one of the basic principles of a fifth dimensional and higher frequency consciousness is to have compassion for those suffering hard life lessons right for the spiritual growth absolutely because not everyone is going to attract the same reality or timeline to experience well, and and also it can be said that there are reasons that you really can't rationally understand that things are happening to them I've had multiple authors that speak about um, timelines, parallel realities, and consciousness in mm -hmm. multiple different ways, say completely different things. And if I got you guys all on a roundtable to discuss it, it won't go anywhere. Well, that's interesting. And actually, that would be a fascinating discussion, I think. But it, I might, be, but it might be controversial because, you know, like I said at the very beginning, Vaughn, you know, this is the information that I've received. It seems to be unique and it's seems to be different right you know take it or leave it um and that's how I, I i'm not i'm not creating a religion advocating anything trying to you know stand on any kind of a a bandwagon i i just wanted to present this information which i think 
a lot of people can be helped from. And I think that is a good message for people yeah. to have as well, um, because everybody's everybody's getting information that resonates with them in different levels and people will resonate with different things. Yes. And um, we've proven through the discussion that there are people are experiencing different versions of reality. Mm-hmm. You can say different versions of timelines and what one person experiences may not be what another person experiences. Well, I, I totally agree with that. And the only yeah, whether it's highly probable or not, the only thing that's different that is that I say there's one timeline, but the way in which you experience it is really up to you is really based on your vibrational integrity. So I do right. that I would have to agree with. Right. And I know that I know that like during World War II, I have family members who <clears throat> are affected by World War II. And I have family members who um, lived in other parts of the world that were very peaceful and never really, if it, if it wasn't for the yeah. news, yeah. it they would even know that there was World War II going it, on. Exactly. And you see, that's my whole point about everything that's happening in the world today, including the things that are predicted in timeline collapse. It doesn't mean that you have to be in the midst of it. It means that this is the most probable future and this is this is what's seen on the timeline. But that does not mean that you have to experience that, particularly if you can focus on the integrity of your vibrational quality mm-hmm, mm-hmm. through meditation, through prayer, through being with like-minded people, you know, whatever it might happen to be. Right. We've gone through a lot of different uh, perspectives when it comes to timelines and reality creation. Um, what timelines are probable for certain people, what timelines are not probable for certain people, um, how people experience various versions of reality and how you and I see it and as well as others. So uh, it is consciousness and spiritual exp- expansion is an evolving thing that um, really only source knows how it all works. So do you have a last message for everyone? Well, I, I think that my message would be just like you were saying, vibrational quality is probably the most important thing derived through consciousness. Whatever resonates for you in terms of raising your vibrational energy is probably the most important thing you can do, especially at this time. That vibrational energy reverberates not only to the other lifetimes that your soul is creating, but to your soul and to the whole universe. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, Mr. Jean E.M. Nicolay, for some people, this concepts of timelines and collapses in timelines, different versions of realities, and then how our consciousness expands is too much for some people and for others they want more and they want more perspectives to help them create their reality so we want to understand what is happening with reality and how we can navigate this phenomenon to experience the highest and the best version of earth in the fifth dimension and beyond so for more information about EMG Nicolay's offerings, please visit his website, which is EssencePath.com. And thank you kindly to the audience for listening to another enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings. Mwah. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.